0: Hello, wrestling fans. It's Quentin Carissa. Hey, that's me. And today I'm with Jeremiah Pluckett.
1: Wait a second. Wait, was that your NPR voice? My what? Your your NPR, National Public Radio. Was that your NPR voice? You're like,
0: hello, wrestling fans. And now some smooth jazz. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> was it? Oh, I was, sorry I did <laughs> You know what? <laughs> you know, I called Way FM the other day, and, and the guy... Me, he recorded me and he said at the end they got a little thing they say say your name and I'm Way FM he said I want you to say that and he did the same thing and he's like uh, can you do that again and put something behind it <laughs> I was like and I said okay I took off my Greg hat put on my Quentin hat and I gave it to him he's like man that was great I was like yep there you go anyway <laughs> it,
1: wasn't, it wasn't that you didn't have it. he was just so smooth about it Hey, come, come to listen to the sultry tones of Quentin Charisma <laughs> Anyway, yo again everybody, Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma By golly, we're smack dabble on ringside and Ready to go with another big week, technically two weeks Of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast, Quentin
0: What's going on, my friends? Oh man, not much, getting ready We are recording this on Christmas Eve Eve
1: So, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody listening Merry Christmas to you Happy Hanukkah to anybody who just got done celebrating Hanukkah. Uh, Merry Kwanzaa to, I don't know when that starts. It starts on the 26th. So on Saturday, happy or merry Kwanzaa. I don't know what the proper greeting is, but happy holidays to everybody. Speaking of Kwanzaa, I remember
0: one time, it was around 94, 95, and it was New Year's Eve, and me and some buddies went to a strip club and uh, partaked a little too much in the, the, the lively spirits. And I remember... Every time somebody said, Happy New Year, I'd say, Happy Kwanzaa to them. I did that, like, all night. And somebody asked me, after that, like, later on, I was like, What's Kwanzaa? And I said, I had no idea what it was. I was just telling everybody that. <laughs> and I had to go home and look it up the next day.
1: I've never known you to drink.
0: And it's once in a blue 10-year period. I might, back in the day, I hadn't drunk in probably 20 years, probably. But, Yeah.
1: And I, I know I year. never saw you take one drink the entire time we were tagging. Yeah, I
0: might, I might drink like once every twenty years, maybe. No, and that was the the, the one of the twenty years. <laughs> anyway, um, so is Hanukkah over?
1: I was told it was. I I don't actually know.
0: <laughs> I don't either. Anyway, uh,
1: I I was told Han- oh, Hanukkah started on the tenth. So, so it's yeah, over. It was, yeah, it was the over.
0: Because it's eight crazy nights. That's right. Okay. Anyway, um, oh, where are we at? I just got so <laughs> off track. We just started and already got us off the rails when we got through the opening. In, in fairness, I did that. Um, No, you. I think you're about to tell us uh, that we're having to actually technically cover two weeks, even though it was only one video. Okay, that's right. So last week um, we mentioned it, that there wasn't a 12-12 show. We couldn't find it uh did a little digging uh went online and actually found the studio studio results for the uh uh which would have been the twelve twelve um which we would have seen it on twelve twelve but it actually would have been the the um tape twelve five in Memphis anyway so the twelve twelve show um there was two big happenings on this show I actually remember it back i actually recorded it and had it um I don't know what happened to the tape. I don't know if I had it. I don't know if I even had it when I did all my stuff from tape to DVD, if I even converted over, thought I lost it before then. Uh, but I do remember two key um, things about that show that actually affect this show. Yeah, and uh, so we, we were talking before we started recording, and
1: we thought it would be, you know, for the context of the happenings and the December 19th show, uh, we're going to go ahead and run down uh, what happened on the 1212 12, 1987 show that we weren't able to get video footage of? Um, and I wanted to thank uh, wwfoldschool.com. Uh, they have a tremendous list of all sorts of like results and happenings. Uh, and we were able to find the results for the twelve twelve eighty seven 87 uh, studio show for the Evansville feed. Um, so it looks like we kicked off the show with Mark Guline and Tijo Khan interview. Uh, and then we go into a match, Pijo con with Mark Goulin versus Freezer Thompson. I'm very sorry for Freezer. Uh, then we get an interview from Mark Goulin. Uh Looks like Mark Goulin puts over the Midnight Rockers and offers them five grand if they sign with them. Uh, the Rockers come out and turn them down. Sean asks for fifteen grand a piece. Goulin meets them halfway at ten grand a piece. Uh, Jerry Lawler attempts to persuade the Rockers not to fall for Goulin's nonsense and Sean rudely sends Lawler away telling him to mind his own business. Uh, Michael's promises the Rockers will sign the contract if Goulin presents the money next week.
0: Okay. What I gotta say is you know you said poor Freezer. You know Freezer made T. Joe look good.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I'm not doubting <laughs> that at all. <laughs>
0: Freezer made him look good, baby. <laughs> I,
1: he also earned his payoff because I'm sure he was stiff a bunch. Oh
0: gosh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, he earned it he earned his twenty five that morning, definitely. Um, the thing about this I really remember, uh, I remember watching it on the Nashville feed, uh, back in eighty seven. Uh Glean, you know, he, he, he kept put bring uh, sending in those, you know, interviews. Uh never seen at the studio. So the first week he's actually in the studio, he comes out there and um, offers to buy the services of you know the Rockers. You know, in 87, like I said, I was what, 15 years old? 16 at this time, maybe? Yeah, 16. Um, so, you know, I didn't realize the week before they planted that seed that you know they were turning hills. So I was like, oh, they're not gonna take that money. Cause you always see the you know, the you always see it the, you know, hill manager comes in and tries to buy the baby faces and they always say no, you know, or they run off with his money like Dundee ran off with Polly's credit card, you know, earlier in the year we watched. So yeah. I always think, you know, six years like, oh, they ain't gonna fought they they're they're gonna they're gonna take his money. You know, and then then when Lawler comes out there and I'm like Okay, they're gonna run they're gonna run Glean off, right? No. Michaels gets and just starts healing on Lawler, and I was like, What? And I was remember going, What are they doing? You know, I was, you know, I'm a mark, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, No, what are you doing? That's, you know, Jerry Lawler, you can't tell him to leave, you know, and then they take the money, and I was just like, Are you kidding me? I was like, This can't be happening, you know. Hey, I don't. I should have told you this off air. going will tell it on air. I mean, what the hey? So, uh, there was a a girl in my uh, algebra class at this time in Mount Juliet High School, and she used to go to the wrestling. You know, and she, uh, yeah, uh, radish maybe. I say she's on the rat side. Couldn't you know? No, had no proof of this. But I remember I come to school I said, Can you believe what Shawn Michaels and Marty Gennetti did? I don't like them. I was like, I know they, they, they took the money. No, I don't I hadn't liked him for a while. Marty's okay. I don't like Sean. I was like, why don't you like Shawn? She goes, He let a guy suck his thingamajig. jig." I was like, What? She goes, Yeah. I was like, You're kid mission. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh not only take the money he's gay too <laughs> so I was just like floored that that Shawn Michaels had a sexual rendezvous with a male and he took the money from Galeen so I was I was double mad <laughs> I, don't
1: I don't know what to do with that information
0: <laughs> <laughs> I should have told you that beforehand shouldn't I Maybe. I just remembered it. I was like, I remember this girl, yeah, she was, yeah, she, um, you know, I believe her, you know, because then you've heard, uh, have you heard stories about that later on about Sean and there's been rumors of him. Oh, come on. You no, not stuff, just, you know, you never heard of those? Those rumors?
1: I, I've heard I've heard a lot of rumors, and they, uh, that's one of them, but I don't
0: know. I, I don't see well, you know what really Eddie nice. Marlin told Jeff Jarrett his first day in the business, don't you?
1: What's
0: that? Don't ever turn down a blowjob, even if it's from a guy.
1: Man, this used to be a G-rated podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just, uh, just telling it like it is, you know? Let people know the wrestling business is horrible. <laughs> It's it's got a lot of bad things going on in it. Anyway, so yeah, I was just like, and when then they told Lawler get out of there, and they told him to bring the money, the something. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. You know, um, I wish we could have this video because I I, cause I don't remember what the crowd reaction was. You know,
1: so I, yeah, I wish. We could. Yeah, because even I, I'd be curious too. Because even before when Sean
0: was, I mean, frankly acting like a prick. Yeah.
1: The crowd was
0: still cheering them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, it, so was, I just, I'd love to see if it bit. Yeah, me too. Or if
1: they, Yeah,
0: you know, because
1: that, that crowd can be fickle or lawless sometimes.
0: Yeah, yep, yep. Sometimes one week, they'll be going ape crap for them, and the next week, it's like 50-50 if they're lucky, you know? So, yeah, I wish we had it, because I, I, like I said, I remember, the, remember it happening, but i now, you know, as I'm, as a, you know, smart, well, some people say I've never been smart, but, uh, you know, knowing knowing about the business, it, it, I'd like to see it, how they reacted, because I can't remember how they reacted, you know? Yeah. Especially because, man, they were over. Yeah, yeah, very much so.
1: Yeah, so that's what right, i um, the most over people who always looked like they'd like to be anywhere else. <laughs> that's the truth.
0: Marty Gennady had just no oomph about him. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. M- Marty's like, why are we up this early?
0: Yeah. Marty probably hadn't been to bed yet. Oh, party, Marty! <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he's been to bed yet. That's that's why he looks.
1: <laughs> it's twenty twenty. I don't think he's been to bed yet.
0: All right. So we're gonna um go. Are we gonna go over the se- the other part that we? Yeah, so okay. well, first we've got a local promo, uh, and
1: that promo, we get the interview with Manny Fernandez, um, and he makes reference to all three singles titles being unified, which brings us, I don't know why they did that first, <laughs> brings us to an Eddie Marlin interview.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't understand it either. <laughs> well, as we've noticed on this Evansville feed, and I'm, I'm assuming
1: it's not the same on Memphis, because they actually care about that town, uh, that it, you know they probably didn't let these secrets go. Yeah. Um, But at at least they let the secret go to the point that someone can be like, what? And then right after Eddie's going to tell them. Yeah. Uh, So basically, Marlon announces it will be unifying all three singles titles. Uh, Plans on drawing all three champions' names out of the hat. The first two names will meet each other with the winner going on to face name number three, who will receive a bye into the second match. Uh, First name out of the hat, Southern champion Jerry Lawler. Uh, let's see, it is then decided, Lawler will be facing the America champ, Jeff Jarrett, and the winner will face the international champion, Manny Fernandez, who we haven't seen with the belt one time.
0: We haven't, have we?
1: Uh, I think, maybe in a local promo, but I don't think he's bought it to the studio To so the
0: studio, time. yeah. I don't think he has either.
1: Um, and wouldn't you know it, the, the heel got the buy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like that always happens. It's like Arn Anderson always starts a war games. I don't know why. That's weird.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, I think down that was really to see how much Jarrett would get over working Lawler. I think it was a test to see how, you know, over he really is with the crowd, you think.
1: Yeah, it could be, it could be, yeah, you know, if Jerry gets over more than me, then I don't have to come to this town anymore.
0: <laughs> I'll be going to, I'm uh, taking a two-month vacation. But then again, though, but in Memphis, I mean, I don't, I don't know, it just, it, yeah, I think, I don't know. Uh, I remember this, I remember it, um, I like I said, being 16, I'm like, why do you, um, You know, take the belts away? You know, they've always had, you know, the Southern has always been the main tile And they've always had the Ben american International coming in and out. You know, coming and going. And they usually always did it. They'd usually bring them back. When somebody would come back to the territory, they'd bring the belt. They'd supposed to be bringing it back with them, you know, bringing it back in with them. So they'd always bring it out of the, out of the desk drawer to you know, put it on somebody to, you know, when they're coming in. So, it kind of was, you know, even then, I wasn't smart, but I was like, man, why do you want to get rid of your champions, you know? And just have one belt, you know, and, um, it just seemed like, you know, for years and years, they just, uh, just do away with them without any say, you know, just, just just don't mention them no more than when they want to bring them back. So, um, so it kind of, um, uh, it's kind of weird how they did that, um, and I would, you know, and then going to the CWA title, just to me, I don't know if they were trying to, uh, make it look like more, make the company look bigger, but you know what I'm saying, when I have actually, you know, cause you got the NWA title, the AWA title, you know. WF title. Now you got CWA title instead of just the Southern, you know. And so I don't know if that was the reason why, or I don't know.
1: Is so what was the CWA title?
0: Because this isn't the CWA World Heavyweight Championship. Now it that was, com- that came later on when
1: I thought it came earlier.
0: Oh, oh, you talking about the first one, the '79 oh. version? Okay, I'm sorry.
1: The the big cheap belt Um, that's one of your favorites
0: I think they just did uh, well I think when um,
1: okay so according according to uh, Wikipedia the CWA world heavyweight title was 79 to 81 yeah okay so but so it's not this one it's not
0: no 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 no. it's just a new they're merging all three belts to and they're going to call it the CWA because see that was called the CWA world title this is just the CWA heavyweight champion title so,
1: yeah, I guess that's my question. Do they get a new belt? Uh, no. Okay. I assume they would use the Southern belt. That yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, no, I think it do not make sense because you, you drop the names and. Well, no,
1: I, I'm saying that makes sense in the fact that I never saw a different belt. Yeah. That, that I could remember. Yeah. So, and you always saw Lawler with the Southern title. Yeah. All the time until he got a world title, and then the dispute was on with, with Vergania and all that stuff, where he kept the world title.
0: Oh yeah, then then they did the thing with well, they did the thing with um. So he had the he had the world title. Then he had he got the world class title. They merged the two belts into the unified title, and that's the one the Snowman ran off with. Right. So then he so he went back to using the awa title as the uh unified world title so i don't know if that clears anything (laughs) all i know is i want to know who got the mid america international belt because i want those two belts i'm not i've never asked for asked for you know to, to have belts i've never wanted belts but I those I would so love those the two. Mid America
1: and the International.
0: Those two belts because they're so, they're just right up my alley of cheap looking, and well, I just love
1: them. Ladies and gentlemen, if anybody wants to help Quentin out on that, I do know that they're, they do make replicas of a Mid America title <laughs> on eBay for a fair price. <laughs>
0: Now you sound like Mike Jablonski begging for money on Facebook.
1: I ain't begging for nothing,
0: but <laughs> I love you, Mike, by the way. Mike, I yeah. love you. I'm not dissing you. I'm just
1: But if one <laughs> randomly showed up at your house, you wouldn't be upset. Oh no.
0: Shoot no. But you know, I, I I've seen the American America belt. I don't think they've made a replica of the international.
1: I I I've I've looked for it cuz I know you like it as well and I haven't been able to find it but they also do make and I know you love ugly belts they do make the CWA
0: World Heavyweight Championship I know I've seen it you know but I'm not as much as I like ugly belts I like it but okay here's if I could have 3 belts I would only here's a three belts whoa, 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 whoa.
1: I, what Let's not go into that because that plays into a future podcast we're going to do. Oh,
0: that's right. We're actually yeah, no, the new new uh, year. One of our episodes will be
1: new, new year, new format. We're, we're going to have an episode that we're going to title Belt Marks.
0: Yeah. So yeah, well, so we didn't quit talking about these. We're gonna give, yeah, because we're going to be talking about that later. So, but yeah, I just didn't understand then and now why they merged the belts. But I do remember Eddie Marley making a big deal out of it and. Um, like I said, I think they did it to make the promotion sound more because everybody had you know Less so,
1: regional
0: yeah and it didn't at the same time didn't didn't world class didn't they they had just left uh, NWA and then they had their own world champion around that time period right eighty seven yeah so
1: that, uh, that time frame seems legit yeah yeah
0: so I'm thinking maybe they're thinking well we need to, instead of having the southern belt. It's our main title. Our Southern Belt, Southern Title is our main, our main you know, strap. Let's name it the CWA, the you know, name of the company, so that makes it makes a company. I think that's why they did it. So, I might as well. Yeah, I, I, I
1: just wish it would have got a, even though I love the Southern title, uh, I just wish they would have got an a actual belt. Yeah. Because that would make more sense. Like, if they're going to merge it, it's the new top guy in the territory, he gets a brand new belt. Yeah. Like, I, I think that would be cool, but, you know, this this is one of the cheapest territories
0: in the world. Exactly. Jerry Jarrett was not going to put out no money. As much as people bash Nick Gullis for being tight, well, Jerry Jarrett is just was tight as Nick Gullis was. So, Anyway, yeah, you know Jerry Jarrett wasn't going to spend money on no belt. Because back then, I mean, for a good-looking belt, uh, you just going to put out some money. You know, because, I mean, you wouldn't want a trophy shop belt for if you're wanting to make your company sound big time like their other ones, you wouldn't want a trophy shop belt.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, and they had already moved up to the casting belts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they had already moved up to the Southern t- Title and Southern Tag Team yeah. Title, which were cast belts, as opposed to, you know, the International International Tag yeah. in Mid-America, which were as trophy shop as trophy shop gets.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I just... I, if you're going to change the name... You should have spent some bucks and, and changed the belt, too. That's my thing. But uh, I agree. But uh, So that was basically the two really highlights. Um, was there anything else on those results? That's the, the highlights, was there anything else on there?
1: Uh, let's see. We got a match between Hector Barrero and Benny Wilson. Uh, we got a VTR Kurt Hennig interview um, where Hennig said he's coming to town to spend his AEW world title against Jeff Jarrett. So that could potentially be Jeff's third match. Um, We get Jimmy Jack Funk versus Ken Rapierre. He's French. (laughs) Such such an unfortunate last name. Um, Lance Russell has a long sit-down interview with Jerry Lawler and Jeff Jarrett about the upcoming title Unification match. Uh, Bobby Jaggers with Nate the Rat versus David Wilson. Uh, we get a uh, Jeff Jarrett music video and poster commercial. Ooh. Uh, we get a Jerry Lawler music video set the tough enough. Uh, we get a local promo interview with the Midnight Rockers Uh, the Rockers have basically turned heel talking trash on their former friends the Nasty Boys the Nasties come into the interview area and question the Rockers' recent attitude change the Rockers continue to talk trash on the Nasties to set up a match between the two teams and then the expiration of time main event six man tag Bill Dundee Billy Travis and Jeff Jarrett versus the Rock and Roll RPMs and Keith Roberson the RPMs eventually leave Roberson to fend for himself And that's all we got of twelve twelve eighty
0: seven. I do remember Manny Fernandez. It must have been on the local promo. Him saying something like, "You don't need to unify belts. I'll just win all three and defend all them every night, or something like that." I do remember him saying something like that. (laughs) That he that he said he'd win all three of them and defend them. They don't need to unify them. He'll be or something, you know. Yeah, that, those lines that I was like, because I'm here, you know, like I said, I'm looking, at, as of six years ago, can he really do that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was like, how that'd be hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it would be three matches a night, you know? Whew. But, um, yeah, I think that's what's the local problem, because I remember him saying that, because that stuck in my head, with him saying, he's like, we don't need to merge them, I'll just take, I'll win all three of them, he said, "Well, he already had one. I went. Well, I went the other two, and I'll defend all three of them every night. You know, basically putting down Lawler and Jarrett. You know, so he can beat them. And he, you know, you know, Manny beat that the tough guy Manny. You know, um, I do remember that. You know, it probably wasn't word for word that, but it was very close to it. That I do remember him saying that he would don't unify him, Just let him let him beat Lawler, and he'll beat Lawler and, and beat Jarrett, and he'll he'll keep all three belts. I remember him saying that though. So." That's what I'll remember from that, so. So, uh, so we get to this week's show, um, which, I don't know what I said. Did I say this was episode 49 for us? Not
1: yet, but okay.
0: now you nah, have. Now we have. So, next week will be 50, and that will be the 12-26 uh, show. will be our last show of the year, and 87 will be done. Thank you, thank you. Um... Next week we're going to reveal what the new show, our first show of the new format for next year. We'll next week we will give you a spoiler alert. Uh, what which one we're gonna what we're doing? Which one we're going to, the pick is gonna be? So uh, getting back, this is show number forty nine. It's the uh, Memphis CWA TV show from December nineteenth, nineteen eighty seven. The Amazon Indiana feed, that I means just take him to Memphis, Tennessee on 12-12-87. Uh, get the regular show opening, Lance and Dave at the desk, Lance with the greeting, Dave with today's lineup. He says, opening match is Manny Fernandez, Jeff Jarrett is going to team up with the Nasty Boys and the six Man, Jimmy Jack Funk, Hate to Grow, and the Midnight Rockers all in action today. Then Lance mentions a wrestling school, and then he says we have a special battle royal where each wrestler... Has to have a buy-in. He pays a dollar per pound. A um, weighs in, and, and I messed that up. He here finish that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in order to enter the battle royal, you weigh in. You pay a
1: dollar per pound. The promotion then matches. Uh, Lance ventures a guess uh, to say that with that with that math, that the uh, that the the prize money will be anywhere between seventy nine fifty and eighty three hundred dollars.
0: He's about dead on, wasn't he? Well, I don't know. It changed a couple times. Early. Oh, did it? I didn't even notice <laughs> well, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it changed a couple times. Not <laughs> quite a lot, but
1: it, it changed
0: a couple times. <laughs> oh, me. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Oh, me. All right. So, yeah, they. um. Didn't he say they, did that, they have done that before in the promotion?
1: Yeah, he mentioned that they had done it before, which, I mean, they they do anything to try to liven up a battle royal and sell yeah.
0: You know, it's not a bad idea, it's something different, you know? It's, it's um...
1: And it does make sense, too, because theoretically, the heavier you are, the best chance you have of winning. Yeah. So the most money
0: you should have in the pot. Yeah. Like, it,
1: it, it makes sense in theory, but... To me it's not something to go but then again, like we're spoiled on battle royals. Like we've already had the Royal Rumble and everything and no regular you know, memphis battle royals going top a Royal Rumble.
0: Oh no, some of this so time on, period. So
1: I'm spoiled on that. Like if you if you tried to sell a show to me right now and they said it may have been a big battle royal for whatever price, I'd be like, Oh yay, a bunch of guys sitting in the corner brothering each other up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. And um, so yeah, they haven't had the Royal Rumbles yet. So uh, you know, and they did. Then it's, it's a little something extra. I thought you know they, they could, they've had some cheesy rules and battle royals before, but this ain't <sighs> bad. I not you know. Let's not let's not forget the World
1: War Three battle royal or whatever.
0: Exactly that's what I'm saying. So this is not a bad idea. It's something you know, if they haven't did it in a long time, you know it'd be it'd be alright, but hopefully they hadn't did it like two years ago or so. Maybe it's like something way, way back. But uh, it's not bad if, you know, give the battle rolls a little something extra. So they cut the break, they come back with Lance and Dave. We got the first match of the day. Um we hear La Bomba hit and out comes Manny Fernandez. Um we get no graphic. <laughs> we get the logo but no graphic the match graphic. And um Referee is Jerry Cajun. He's the referee for all the matches today. Um, and they said that uh, Randy's opponent is Mr. Class. Um, Mr. Class was the Fontana guy, right?
1: Yeah, Ricky Fontana. Yeah, Dressed in his best purple Lawler ripoff.
0: Okay, we talked about that last time he was on there. But he didn't have Mr. Class on the back of his, his trunks then. He had it on there today.
1: Yeah, well, I think his outfit, if I remember right, was different. It was a different color.
0: It had lightning bolts on it the first time. It,
1: it definitely had lightning bolts. He definitely had the one strap. Um, he didn't have Mister Class on her butt, uh, which is, I, I think Dave forgot his name and just looked at his butt.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they never mentioned it till I think uh, until the um, when Dave gave the results, they actually mentioned his name. But yeah, uh,
1: it, it, this is like the second jobber I, I we've tried we've seen that's tried to get himself over. Um the first and I guess technically he'd be the third because the first was a tag team when uh was it Keith Robertson and
0: who were the headhunters? Oh it was the headhunters was Keith Roberson and now American Morty's partner was name was.
1: Yeah, but so this this is another pair of jobbers. Hey we're aware heights out with something on them, so
0: they have to acknowledge it. I'm trying to think. Well, I'm trying to think. Who was that guy? He's only I, like two I, weeks, wasn't he? Yeah, well, they, they they didn't tag much, and he then wore his head under
1: trunks a couple more times, and so then he's like, ah, I guess I'm not. Gonna, they're not going to bring him back. Yeah. I'm trying to think what that guy's name was
0: make uh, sure
1: tried to get it over, though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically Manny just gets on him, beats on him. Uh, did you see Manny fall down when he chopped him? Yeah, yeah, I sure did. I, I got that
1: down. Yeah, he throws a, throws a big chop, and the guy takes a bump at a weird angle. Yeah. And it just trips Manny right up. And I thought Manny was going to murder him. I did, too. I was like, he's going to kill him.
0: And he was fine. Yeah, I thought he's going to uh, kill him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as soon as
1: that happened, I was like, oh, he
0: made Manny look stupid. Manny's going to murder him. Nope. No, nope. Fernandez was cool. Yeah, I was shocked. And then, basically, um, a lot of punches and stuff. Uh, then he hits him with a big flying forearm, flying burrito for the pin, for the win.
1: And that's the first time we've seen the flying burritos finish
0: for him. Yeah, it is. Yep, sure is.
1: Which is crazy because that's what he always sees in Crockett.
0: Yeah, sure was. Yeah, that's that's it's first time he's he's did it in a match, not just the finish, but in a match though.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we've seen like uh, we saw flying clothesline, we saw whatever he would do with Hector. Yeah, but it's the first time we we've seen it for the finish of, of the singles or a match period, and mm-hmm. it's like. Man, that's great, because it was over in Crockett, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, when that little flying forearm, flying cross-chop... Because his
0: looked a lot better than Tito's.
1: Yeah, Tito, Tito was very light with his. Yeah,
0: yeah. Manny's was a lot... looked a lot better. I'm sure it was a lot snugger, too. Well,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you could tell that the the ricochet spun Manny a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it wasn't quite, like, Bray Wyatt's crossbody that he spins off of. Yeah. But, like, it was... Yeah, you know, it, it was there. It was there, definitely there. Tito's was like just a
0: little bit on the head. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, looks like I said, he wins that match with the flying burrito form What are you gonna call it? Uh, so, Manny comes over to the desk for an interview. Manny starts talking, Lance cuts him off. I was like, "Ooh, I bet." I was like, okay. This is, I was like, this is gonna be funny when they come back. So he pitches it to the back. Uh, For a wrestler weigh in, and it's Jeff Jarrett. And then uh, he weighs in, and they come
1: back. And, oh, uh, and Who's officiating the weigh in? Huh? You didn't pay attention to who's officiating
0: their weigh in? It's Guy Coffee. Yeah, as I was about
1: to say, of course, it's Mr. Guy
0: Coffey. Well, yeah. well, who was it going to be? Randy Hales? <laughs> <laughs> no, it made no, legit. I, I was it like made a legit. Guy huh? I was like a guy coffee well, I think they did, because they, when, they, when people saw guy coffee, then it was legit, you know, because he, you know, worked, you know, he was, he was, you know, Randy hell yeah, he, you know, everybody sees, he's, you know, with promotion, but when you saw guy coffee, if you, you know, if you especially from Memphis, you know, but guy coffee was legit, you know, so that they, when guy coffee, you saw something, oh, it's, this is really important if guy coffee's involved, you know, um, so Manny says something. He starts ragging on Jeff Jarrett about his weight and everything. And what is that? he He said he's going to put in, what, $2 or something? Yeah. <laughs> the said he, he said was going to put in like, $2 because he weighs, like, 2 pounds or something like that. Uh, so, yeah. And then <laughs> um, Manny messes up and says, you don't send a man to do a boy's job.
1: Yeah, I caught that as well. I
0: was like, uh, Manny, that's supposed to be the other way around. Don't send a boy to a man's
1: <laughs> And I, I think Lance caught it as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Lance keeps trying to enter in the interview, but Manny's stumbling over his words. It was not Manny's best work. No. Um, and so, I, had, I watched this before. I had seen the results um, that he, you know from WWF Old School, and he... I have the note here, oh, Manny he says he'll be C- CWA heavyweight champion, and I put, is that belt back too? But now
0: we know that, no, that is, they're not bringing back the world title. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he said that, yeah, so we don't, because we didn't know when it was the last week's show, and, uh, yeah, it, yeah, and it's, like you, like, you know, I knew what happened, but for people like you, who, you know, did know they merged it, you would think, oh, they bring bringing back that old CWA, you know, big white um, world belt, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's like, so, yeah, if you, so, yeah, it's kind of, if you miss a, what's the thing about Memphis? If you miss a week, sometimes you kind of get lost.
1: Cause, well, those, great because sometimes they'll just have throwaway episodes, Yeah. but sometimes they have really important episodes Yeah. you never know when it's going to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you never know. Especially, we've real found that out this year that yeah, it's you don't know what you're gonna get from week to week. Uh, so they cut the break. The other lance with the first uh, Evansville card for the day. Uh, it's for Wednesday, December twenty third, nineteen eighty seven, Evansville, Indiana, from the Evansville Coliseum. He says we got a, a dollar per pound battle royal. Um, Jeff Jarrett versus Manny Fernandez. Then we got. Um, Mark Deline and T. Joe Kahn come in and did the match plug at their match against Dundee. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It, it was taped, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pre tape Yeah. I, I put tape at the end. I should have put it at the beginning. But, yeah, Mark Deline, he throws the taped interview with uh, Mark Dillian and T. Joe Kahn. Uh, plug the match with Dundee. Here's my thing. B-Class
1: C's, by the way. Yeah. When he started clubbing... Uh, Tito Khan in the chest, you can tell he's never thrown a club to the chest before because there's nothing behind it. <laughs> I loved it. I felt like I was watching the worst B-movie
0: ever. That's what it's supposed but, to be.
1: But, but in the best.
0: It's, you know that's what, I mean? what it's supposed to be because, I mean, he's, he's you know, he has, pays people to fight for him, you know, and so he's never thrown a punch in his life, you know. Uh, but this is what gets me. He's supposed to be from the Orient. Why wouldn't he have, like, a real oriental jacket with dragons and stuff on it. Why does he have to go to the mall and get it airbrushed?
1: <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> I, I don't have anything. I mean, I don't know if they didn't have, you know, a place in Memphis where you could buy that kind of stuff. But I, you can get some weird stuff in Memphis. Hey, they had a place in Hickory Hall Mall in Nashville. Oh, I know exactly what we're talking about. Bizarre, bizarre. You know man,
0: stuff? yeah. Hey, should have went there. Man, they had. They, I mean, man, getting all I, kinds of crazy stuff in there. Stars. Oh, dude, and,
1: I, I, I got a uh, one time a full like Oriental silk suit. Uh huh. And I was like, oh man, that'll be that'll be comfortable. That was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I wore it once. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I bought a Chinese throwing star there when I was like 15.
1: (laughs) Um, I bought some legitimate brass knuckles, um, some plastic brass knuckles that I had forever. Um, And I spray painted them gold, like the shiny gold. Mm -hmm. I bought those. uh, I bought two or three kendo sticks.
0: Yeah, that place was awesome, man. That place was amazing. Yeah.
1: I would would go to Hickory Hall Mall just to go there. Yeah,
0: Yep. It was so cool, man. It was was, cool. It was was cool before I got in the wrestling business, you know. But man, when you're like, you know, I was because you know I lived in you know right side of Nashville my whole life, you know. So I think Hickory Hall opened in like '79, and so it it was like one of its first stores, and it was there up until probably probably before it closed. I don't know. But anyway, I just when when Hickory Hall Mall was just about empty on the inside. Uh huh. Was all still open. Was it wow? But I just know the whole time I can remember all through, you know, you know, anywhere from like you know nine years old up till early nineties, uh, you know, it being open and going. Like I said going there as a kid before I even got in the wrestling business. You know, go there nineteen years old and you'd say that, and you and especially in Nashville, man, you wouldn't see none of that stuff. You can find you, no, you know, stars or nothing like that anywhere. You go in there and they have all kinds of them in the nunchucks and everything. Oh my gosh, nunchucks! I want to change the subject fast, dude. I stumbled across a picture of of Andre in Japan, like it looked like from the seventies because it was big, really big fro Andre. He had he was doing nunchucks. <laughs> he probably picked up Kabuki's nunchucks. He was messing around. Somebody took a picture anyway. But yeah, that I'm just don't see why he it just that airbrush just was so like. Come on, man. You know? Well, I'm sure he's paid a lot of money because airbrushing was expensive back then. And he, he had a, you know, unless he got Lawler to do it for him. But I'm trying to think, did he have that at Crockett? I wonder if he had that at Crockett. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. But still, for that much airbrushing, that, that was probably cost him a pretty little penny. But it seemed like, you know, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it's hard for me to get to, be legit when he's coming out with airbrush stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. It's
0: uh... <laughs> actually adds to the cheese, I guess. <laughs> oh man! So that was the um, the only. Um... You've
1: got the most important part of the card.
0: What? Christmas
1: prices five
0: and three dollars. Oh, I forgot about that. That was yeah, he's, yeah, five and three dollar Christmas prices. That's a good, that's, well, what, so, so basically they dropped a dollar. (laughs)
1: Is that what the rate was in 87?
0: uh, Nashville was six, so I'm sure Evansville was six. Memphis was, I think, nine for ringside. But, like, Nashville and um, Louisville and Evansville just had ringside and general mission. And ringside was six bucks at the time. And I think it went up to seven and eighty eight, I do believe. Yeah, I think. Or maybe it was already it might already been seven bucks by then. Because it was down in that time period they switched it from six to seven for ringside. So it might already m might have a two buck discount. Might already been seven by then. So. Um so yeah, that he put that over big time. So I bet it was two dollars off then. So he probably already went to uh six uh, from sixty seven dollar drink side. So yeah, save two bucks, big Christmas special. Um so uh they go back to the studio. Before we go back to the studio, we're gonna take a little break. Because um it's about that time for me to go and get rid of my mountain dew. <laughs> Alright folks, we'll be right back. Hello fans. Quentin Charisma here. Hey, that's me. If you're a wrestling fan like me, you love a, a good book. Well, <laughs> not me really, but most wrestling fans love a good book. They love wrestling DVDs. Now, I'm into the wrestling DVDs, so I can say I love those. Uh, pictures, I like old pictures. So Posters, I love old posters. So, there's a place to go and get all that stuff. That's crowbarpress.com. Scott Teal has a website that is just unbelievable. I actually went on there this week and just to, just to look around, and I'm actually going to break down and buy a book next week. I'm buying a book. I know it's crazy, folks, but I am actually buying a book. I am going to buy the book of the um, Somagram programs, the second edition, second volume, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm actually going to buy that because uh, it's the Goulas. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm a big Goulas mark. Love Goulas. Um, but after I looked at that, I went over to the posters. And I went to the Golden Age posters. Uh, or the one that shows the cards from different promotions and cities and years. I was blown away about of uh, the amount he had. I thought he had, you know, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20. I swear, there was probably 100. Posters just of the of the of the show of cards, you know, wrestling shows from the years. Uh, That's not counting the his other posters of you know of of like the Mask Men and that stuff. This was just of wrestling cards. I was shocked that you. I mean, he all big matches. These I think um, I think I saw both of the Shea Stadium seventy two seventy nine or it's at eighty whatever it was. I think it was he had both Shea Stadium shows. I mean, just oh my gosh. Pretty much all the big shows to the you know basically look like from maybe the sixties on up. Um, they even had some WCW stuff. Uh, Crockett, I think he had some Crockett's cups or Crockett big uh, pay per view from Crockett. I mean, it, was, it blew me away. So and I like that old stuff, you know, the posters and the stuff. Um, so get on there and look. I mean, because if you got time, you and look around because it's really amazing all the stuff that he actually has on there. Um, you know, you just go and just just skim around. But if you take about an hour and get on there and look around, you'll really be amazed. Um, you know, I'm, the posters. That, I'm I'm still shocked at the amount of just cards, the wrestling poster cards that he had on there. Um, but uh, I said I'm gonna get a book, so uh, I'm gonna let JP talk about the books because he knows more about books. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, and listen, everyone's going to get, you know, especially if you're like, man, you're hard to shop for, you're going to get gift cards, right? Uh, and hopefully it's a Visa gift card or something to that effect. If that's the case, come to Um, You know, Quentin mentioned, you know, books, DVDs, magazines, uh, photos, posters, t shirts. Um, and I'm going to highlight two of the books that I've seen on here that are really interesting and uh, may be getting my money. Uh, the first book I want to cover, uh, The Great Pro Wrestling Venues, Volume 4, Japan, The In Years, uh, by Haru Marifuchi, uh Koji Miyamoto, and our very own Scott Thiel. Um, so basically, in a nutshell, this is the most complete analysis of the pioneer days of pro wrestling in Japan. Um, and it really goes over how the sport has evolved, and you'll learn about the milestone moments that brought Japan to prominence. Um, the other book I want to cover is The Soli Chronicles uh, by Robert Allen with Pamela S. Allen and Scott Teal. Um, so, what th- this book is, uh, the It's a book created through the background material um, that was found in Gordon Soley's own personal files and taken from interviews of the people who knew him best. They They interviewed over 65 people who knew Gordon. Um, The book's written as a testament uh, to a man who made his mark in many endeavors. We've got interviews with friends and family, stock car racers, uh, wrestling journalists, wrestling commentators, wrestling photographers, and, well, of course, wrestlers, wrestling managers, referees, and promoters. And you read through this list, and it's it's a who's who. You know, Alex Marquez, Bill After, uh, Scott Teal, obviously, Mike Mooneyham, Joe Petticino, Jim Ross, Lance Russell, Mike Tanay, you know, Bill the Butcher, Adrian Street, Bob Armstrong, Bob Root, I'm um, just picking names out here, uh, Dory Funk, uh, obviously that's probably Junior, um, you know, Harley Race, they, they interviewed everybody, Jim Cornette, of course he's going to be in any in, in, in interview, uh, Rocky Johnson. Uh, Mike Graham, you know it, it's it's a who's who who they interviewed for this book, um, and you know not only that, like I said, it, it's got information from Gordon's own personal files. Uh, so I think this is the most in-depth book I've seen out there about the 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 voice of pro wrestling. Um, so those this week, those are my two picks uh, from CrowbarPress.com. So when you get that Christmas money, and we all know you will, because. People are hard to buy for, and people haven't wanted to get out of the house to go looking for stuff. So they probably went to Kroger to pick you up a gift card. That's cool. Go to KrobarPress dot com and uh, spend it there. Show some love to Scott.
0: That's right. Yeah, go spend that Christmas money. Show Scott some love. Uh, like I said, I'm actually going to show him some love next week and get me a book. And um, it might take a while for me to <laughs> to read it, but it, and then again, it might not. Because what did you call it a minute ago?
1: What did I call you a minute
0: ago? I no, 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 not what you called me. I, I know what you called me. No, what did you call? it? Because I said I'm gonna get a book, and you said it, it didn't have a lot of. It wasn't a lot of really work. So, yeah, picture book. So, yeah. So I, I'll get my review when I get done with that. Uh, of, um, oh well, you know it's gonna be good because it's Goulas and Scott Till. So, yeah. How can you go wrong with that? But anyway, just go to crowbarpress.com. Look around. Find you something. Find something for somebody else. You know, just go show some love um uh, that's CrowPowerPress.com. dot com all right, we're back um you know we was talking about belts earlier. I don't want to get off the subject. I probably should say this to sort our of thing, but um, did you see where Stephen P. New bought the old southeastern belt off of Ronnie Garvin? I did okay, is there such a limitations on stolen property?
1: Possibly, I, I, I'm not sure on that as well. That thought
0: crossed my mind. That's Ron Fuller's belt. That's not Ronnie Garvin's belt. He stole that from Fuller.
1: Well, according to the court of law, Ron Garvin won it, so therefore it's his.
0: <sighs> yeah, because Fuller didn't want to smarten up and kill the business. You know. Yeah, yeah he he he's k Fade even though, you know. He could either tell the truth, get his belt back, kill the business, kill his business, which basically they already, they were, that's what they were trying to do anyway. Um, so he was in a no-win situation, I guess. But, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, that, if I was Stephen P. New, I'd give that belt back to Ron Fuller. Do the right Stephen P. New, if you're listening to this, which you're not, because uh, there ain't many people that do any, uh, give that, do the right thing. Do the right thing, Mookie. Give that, give that belt back. <laughs> you didn't get that reference, did you?
1: I got it. Oh, really? I thought nope. Was... I, didn't, I didn't get it at all. I, just, <laughs> I was just. agreeing with
0: you. You never seen the the movie? Uh, Do the right thing. Nope. Okay. Well, um uh, uh, the can't remember the uh Spike Lee's uh character in the movie was named Mookie. Do the right uh, okay. thing. Okay. Anyway, all right. Get back. To... <laughs> If there's anybody still listening, (laughs) this has been the most off the wall episode. Well, no, not the most, but anyway, so we get back from from the uh, Evansville card. Uh, Lance is there, and out comes Jeff Jarrett for the interview. Uh, He's got a, was it a blue jacket? Like a, uh, like a, like a. It was the jacket with the blue tinsel from
1: last week.
0: Okay, so he's, well, so he's actually wore a jacket more than once. Wow. Sounds... Well, he,
1: he wore it on a pre
0: tape Okay. Huh. Okay. Well anyway. So he comes out and um starts talking about he, talking about wrestling two matches in one night. Uh he wrestled Jerry Lawler, it wrestled Kurt Henning. Uh this is where the uh the match of Lawler excuse me, the match of Lawler was the um unification match of the three belts that we mentioned before it was in last week's episode that we didn't get to see. So it kind of, because for people, you know, for like you, I'm sure you're like, huh? You know, so because You know, we didn't get no, there was no thing about it. But yeah, um, he talks about the match for Lawler. He talks about he lost to Lawler then he wrestled Kurt Henning and he lost the match to Kurt Henning. And uh, he said, even though he lost both matches that he said that, um, What's the word he said? It was um. was he say? His proudest moment? Is that what he said?
1: Well, he says he says he still feels good about it because yeah. he lost against you know some of the toughest competition. Yeah,
0: he still felt good. That's what it was. Felt good about it. These are somebody's upcoming match with Manny Fernandez. Um, I don't think I didn't really. It wasn't that stuck out on that part, was it? No, he just
1: said he's going to show Manny that he deserved the title shot yeah. against Henning. And it, I don't know, his promo was blah. Yeah. I mean, at least he wasn't complaining about losing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's true. Um, Well, he kind of did because he said Lawler beat him fair, but Henning had help. Well, yeah. But it, I, wasn't, in, it wasn't in that whiny. That, yeah, that whiny. It didn't come off as whining. Yeah, the whiny way he has been coming off. So. It wasn't as it wasn't as bad. Even though we mentioned it, it wasn't that whiny like, "Oh gosh, here you go," you know. So it wasn't that bad when he did it like that. So we go to the second match of the day. It's uh, Jeff Jarrett and the Nasty Boys against the Executioners and uh, Keith Roberson with Nate the Rat. He gets no graphic as usual. Um, Jeff Jarrett and Executioner number one start out. Uh, lots of arm work. Working the yeah. arm.
1: Uh, they, kept, they kept it super-duper basic.
0: Yeah, and when the Nasties got in there, same thing. They did, you know, they double tinned their work on the arm pretty much. I think Sags did a leg drop or something. But, yeah, they just kept it simple. Um, a lot of, uh, like I said, they, a lot of uh, in and out from the baby faces working on the arm. Um, one of those, uh, I think it was execution number two went for a Suplex. Jeff blocked it went to reverse and got him like halfway up and just dumped him to the side.
1: Yeah. Did a little throwaway suplex
0: there. Yeah. Jeff was like, I'm not taking a bump and just threw him to the side. I was like, huh? I was like, I look kind of douchebaggery, but you know, who knows? Uh, (laughs) um, so Roberson come in and then basically it was all, all six got in there for a six way, uh, the nasties hit a double close on a Robertson, and he fed up Jared Him with the drop kick for the win. Like I said, it wasn't much to it. Basically, uh, well, a little bit of shine was really basic. I guess um, Nasties didn't want to get lost, so they kept it real basic on the shine.
1: Yeah, well, I think they use the Nasties very well here. Um, it's because, like, they're in and out in short bursts, yep. and then their, their biggest... Part of the match came in, like, because there's no hot tag. They just blew past the referee and started fighting the heels. Yeah, got his six way. And, you know, they they kept it to that.
0: And, you know, nothing in this match looked bad or embarrassing. No, it didn't. Mm -mm. And, And that's a win. Yeah. And when it comes to the Nasty Boys matches at this time. Yeah. I think it was good having a six man. Cause Jerry would take him in and out, and he would have the arm. So they would they come in and would work the arm. I think the only thing they did, it wasn't on the arm. I think it was that the sags um, leg drop, wasn't it? I think everything else was basically on the arm, wasn't it?
1: He dropped it on the arm. Okay, he did. Yeah. So
0: okay. I mean, well, so Taylor's know, still working the arm yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's just do some basic arm work. Uh, when it looks like I'm in trouble, come in, clean up. I'll hit the drop kick. We'll go to the pay window. Yeah. I mean, easy
0: peasy. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, yeah, I think Jeff being in there, it was the, I think he kept it grounded, didn't let him. you know what I'm saying, because like I said, he'd come in and out, take, you know, he kept them working that arm, so let them go in there and just do their usual, whatever they want to do, you know? Yeah, well, because like, the nasties,
1: like any young wrestlers, get excited, and they just go in there, and now. Yeah. Going a little
0: crazy yeah <laughs> so yeah it was really good it's, I, you know I could see what they did there uh, so they cut the break um you go. so they just had that one match well, one match and
1: we go right back to another wow. Amazon
0: rundown so we go to uh, back to Lance for the Wednesday night uh, December 23rd 1987 Evansville card it's the whole card. We get the whole card. First time in the last two shows, we get the whole card. So I'm going to let you take it away.
1: Okay. Uh, in the opening match, we have Nightmare Number 1 versus Billy Travis. Real quick, do you have any idea who Nightmare Number 1 was?
0: I'm thinking they just put somebody under the hood because at this time, uh, I, th- I think the Nightmares were already being called Ken Wayne and Danny Davis. And at this time, I, I'm pretty sure Ken Wayne was down in, um, well, they were in in Continental, and then he left. Uh, Davis stayed in Continental, from what I can remember, and Ken Wayne went down to work for Rip Tyler's W O W promotion, which uh, I said last week that uh, Patrick and Paul Diamond went down to work for. Uh, he had, he went down there and was working a program with Marcel Pringle. And so my my guess it was just somebody under a hood. Uh, it's close to Christmas. Uh, they maybe got uh, a local guy, indie guy, put on a hood maybe, or and just yeah, it. Or,
1: or had like the executioners do it. You know, because they seem like capable hands.
0: Yeah, I, I think they just put a name out there, just a generic, you know, name, just to have it, and they'll fill it during the week. You know, have to book somebody during the week to to. Um, you know under, uh, a job guy or a mid undercard guy or somebody fill the spot but I think just for TV they just threw that name out there
1: alright and then we've got the Bruise Brothers versus the Rock and Roll RPMs well more on the Bruise Brothers later uh, the Nasty Boys versus King Carl Fergie and Hector Guerrero uh, Big Scott Hall is back and taking on the Black Panther any idea who the Black Panther is or same thing
0: I think same thing as, as the Nightmare I'm pretty sure
1: uh, Bill Superstar Dundee pulled the short straw and has to wrestle Tito Khan. <laughs> uh, we have a grudge match: Jeff Jarrett versus a Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and of course our main event: Dollar per Pound Battle Royal.
0: Um, now the Bruce Brothers, uh, for you if people don't know, that's Ron and Don Harris. Um, it's kind of kind of odd they use that name because you know. Just what three years ago, the Bruise Brothers were still in Memphis. Um, Port Chop Cash and uh, Mad Dog Boyd were still there in eighty, in eighty four, maybe even into eighty, early eighty five, maybe. So,
1: I kind of oh, we learned later that's not their full name.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, we well, learned later. They get, but but just saying, you know, if you were just watching this, you would think, oh, the Bruise Brothers, you know, and you could even think it would could be Port Chop Cash and Troy Graham, you know, uh, you would, I mean. And You'd be get... very wrong, but yeah. Yeah, you're very wrong, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so, like I said, I think the Nightmare and Black Panther was just, um, gimmick names, and they'll have somebody fill in, um, you know, uh, whoever he is, the Black Panther, whoever he is, I feel sorry for him, because Scott Hall had just got back from a six-month tour of Japan, so, whew, I feel sorry for that guy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be sore the next morning.
1: Um, oh yeah, he will be Taylor City.
0: Yeah. Um. Here's my thing about this card. Uh, there's no Lawler. No Bobby Jaggers. No mention of the Rockers, but we see later in the show they get they are in the Battle Royal, so it's kind of odd. That they at least didn't mention their name, you know. It's just they just turned them heel, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah no that 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 is weird, especially because you're kind of. I mean, they're your southern tag champions, so they're kind of top of the card as far as tag teams go. So you'd think you'd at least want to mention them being there.
0: And, and they're doing they're and obviously they're starting to going they're starting to program with the nasties. So while they got Fergie and, and Hector, and what happened to Hector and Manny? That they split they they done split them up.
1: Well, King Carl is actually, you you didn't know this, because you don't pay attention, he's king of Mexico. Oh. You didn't realize Carl Furrier was Mexican royalty, did you? I thought
0: he was king of Bolivar.
1: (laughs) Bolivar's a small town in the Memphis area. (laughs) For those of you who don't know why that was so funny. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, okay, well. So he's the third part of the best connection then, alright.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> works for me.
0: Hey, yeah, it worked for them it works for their booking, so we'll go with it. <laughs> okay, so uh it's Christmas time, Lawler's not leaving the house. Um I don't know if it don't seem like they're using Jaggers like on every show anymore. It's like hit or miss with him.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he's got like
0: you know, other commitments he has to do periodically. That's what I'm wondering. Hmm. And it's Christmas time, too, because like I said, a lot of guys, you know, that's not mainstays, I'm sure they probably went back, go back home or something, you know, maybe. I don't know. I just know they're down there, like I said, you know Lawler's not going to work unless it's Christmas night and this is going to be a big payoff. Uh, Not a bad card, just an odd card.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch of what would essentially be job matches. Yeah.
0: I can remember. I've always said toward Christmas they really don't.
1: They don't. It's
0: like, you know, they really don't put a lot to stuff. And this card really shows because only really angle on here is the Dundee T.J. Khan. So on the Jared and Travis, but we hadn't really seen anything except for them call each other out. You know. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's Like I said, it's around Christmas time. They're not... I guess the whole, the the booking was the $2 off admission to get people in there instead so of the actual the card, you know? Yeah,
1: that was, that was the draw.
0: That was the draw. That was when we get the butts in the seats. I think you're getting the discounts, so you're going to go. All right, so go back to the studio. Uh, Lance, out comes the Nasty Boys. They just had a match. Now they're back doing the interview. And
1: Nod's nah, just blown yeah, up. Yeah, he's
0: breathing, boy. He's here. He's sucking in wind.
1: Um, I guess somebody told him to change up their face paint to not look like uh, the Road Warriors.
0: Nobs was hideous.
1: Oh, God. There was a random, like, upside-down triangle on his cheek. Yes. (laughs) It was. it, It was bad.
0: It was so, you know, it was bad before, but this week, that was just hideous, man. I was like, I kept looking, I was like, what the crap is that? The
1: fact that it lasted more than one week is blowing my mind. <laughs> if somebody's telling him it looks good?
0: Oh, they're ribbing him. Oh, I'm dead. They're sure they're ribbing the crap out. Oh, bro,
1: that looks great, man. Oh yeah, that looks.
0: You know, you know they are, man. <laughs> they're ribbing the crap out of him. But there's no way you can look at that and say that looks good. Okay, so they're out there. Um, let's see. They start talking. Uh, talking about the ma- uh, about a match with the Rockers and they were their friends and uh, basically they turned their backs on them uh, and they cut in with another weigh-in and of course it's Shawn Michaels he's way in, he's got Martin Giannetti with him and Mark Galeen okay, so we didn't see the show but we did we talked uh the thing about they said that Galeen brings the money next week um, they got a deal, so actually he brought the money because they're he's with them. They get to see it. They didn't show it this well, week. No,
1: he, he, he they didn't show the handoff to them, but like he's got money in his hand, he pays guy coffee.
0: Yeah, but is it the t- but the thing was ten thousand dollars a piece. Child Michaels, he was a little pudgy back then, but it, it ain't ten thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> pudgy. Well, listen, he just got the money. He hasn't time had time to go eat yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway so so we're assuming they got the ten thousand each marty is there like a stone statue um so go back to the next I,
1: li- I like sean's look of one jean leg tucked into the cowboy boot and one not. yeah
0: he's he's trying to he's trying to get something out of it. he's trying to get a heel he's, he's going for that um uh, yeah that, that that just he's trying at least he's trying because marty ain't doing nothing um yeah, Marty's wearing like a, a pair of white,
1: like obviously not this brand, but they look like a pair of white New Balances. <laughs> he looks like he's about to cut the yard. Someone's dad.
0: <laughs> no, he had his clubbing jeans on, man. He, he might have the, the dad dad shoes, but he had he had the teenager pants on. Uh. <laughs> if
1: I remember right, right, a windbreaker. He he wearing, like, a white windbreaker.
0: He... What did he have on?
1: Sean was done done up. Like, Sean had a button-up, a button-down, like, too low. Oh, yeah, he was... Weird jean outfit and was wearing sunglasses at night. Yeah. And Marty's just like, I showed up, guys.
0: Yeah. that's, That's all it's been is Marty just... I tell you, yeah. I think Marty, like I said earlier, I think Marty has... On these 30 tapes. I don't think he has went to bed yet from the night before. Just the way he looks. Um, I mean, he's never been a lot, of, a lot of charisma, but he just. He has nothing about him in the, since they've been there, really. Um, so they did the way he did the way. Uh, they come back to Nasty's talking about their upcoming match with the Rockers. Then out comes Mark Galeen, Mark Galeen and the Rockers, man. So, here they go. They start talking. Next thing you know, they start shoving each other. And I was like, good, we're going to see, you know, a brawl. Now, out comes Randy Hales and Eddie Barn. They break it up. Nasty's leave. Rockers still stay out there. Um
1: <laughs> you know, Shawn Michaels is way more natural.
0: Yes. Man, this was good. So, he talks, he talks about the money. He starts pulling out, and he says, Lance, I like you. I'm going to give you, I can't remember word for word. He said, I'm going to give you a little, he a, a took. He's going to
1: give him a tip, and he puts a, a, what I'm assuming was a 20 or higher yeah. in Lance's pocket.
0: And he stops, he goes, I don't, like,, he says, I don't like you that much, and then puts a 10 in at $10. Yeah. Tells
1: yeah. him to go buy another suit.
0: Yeah, here's a 10, go buy another suit. Marty's just sitting over there like a nod. He isn't saying a word. But yeah, this is good. Shawn Michaels being a heel, he's trying his best to get heat. Uh, and
1: did, did you notice while Shawn's talking, Marty reaches over and grabs the tin from Lance?
0: Yes, well, he's sitting there uh, talking. That's the that, best.
1: That, that was the most anything Marty's done.
0: Yeah, uh, that's most of the time he's done since he's been in Memphis. Yeah, he yeah he's sitting there not he doesn't say a word his whole time.
1: outside of the ring because Marty's a heel. Oh yeah ring, yeah
0: yeah like oh definitely I'm, yeah I'm talking about yeah in ring, he's there.
1: And just reaching and yeah, pocket. Yeah,
0: he don't say a word, he just reaches over, grabs the thing, puts it in his, puts it in his pocket. <laughs> he doesn't say a word. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Uh, and then at the end, they, they, what is, they said something.
1: They basically alluded to that the, uh, Nasties aren't going to get laid anymore because they were only getting laid because they're taking the midnight rockers scraps.
0: Yeah, they were getting they were getting the rockers leftover
1: rats basically. so <laughs> they yeah, they're going they, to be they, lonely. They didn't say it that vulgar, but even yeah. the the clean way they said it, I could tell Lance was disturbed.
0: Yeah, even that was clean. Yeah, Lance is like, oh sh- no, we don't need that out here. Yeah, basically said they're going to be really lonely now. <laughs> okay, oh uh, so they let's see okay uh, going into match three that's right match three I was looking, trying to find them match three is Jimmy Jack Funk against David Wilson we get no graphic again what the crap these interns are sucking on the on the up there in the- Well, and
1: I feel like last week every match had a graphic and it had full names yeah so it was so hit and miss yeah
0: that's what I'm saying that's what's bad about it either you're gonna be horrible every week or, you know, or be good every week. Be one or the other. Not, you know, I don't know. Uh. So Jimmy Jack jumps uh, David Wilson. He beats him. <laughs> to, to the point where David Wilson looked at him, realized that he's ready, and turned around. <laughs> By the... Was he turned around so he didn't want to see it coming, or...
1: Yeah, oh, I'm not supposed to be looking! Oh God, he got attacked me!
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not very good at what he's supposed to be doing.
1: Oh no, he takes a, a corner no. right before the finish <laughs> like a chop. <laughs> no, that
0: corner was horrible.
1: He, like, hits it with his shoulder or something? Yeah, was
0: it so was bad. Yeah, he went to the the corner. I was like. It was like sideways. He did like sideways, didn't
1: he? Dude, like, you've we, got guys like, and I know we give you crap for loving them, but like, Freezer Thompson, you know, Keith Eric, John Paul, like these guys who can work, and then you have other jobbers who it's like, oh man, we're short somebody, and you see a guy in the line to be on the studio show and be like, want to be in
0: Spandex? You just throw him in the ring, like, oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, he, um,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: each time that, that turbo, it was awful. It was like you hit it, I don't know, it was sideways or something. But yeah, he, um, yeah, that was just bad. <laughs> um, basically, he, uh, Funk hits the spinning power slam for the win. And then he comes over to Lance for his interview and says, Sissy boy calls Lawler fat. Right,
1: he, he names the power slam. Yeah, he did. Um, It's the Texas Twister.
0: Yeah, Texas Twister. That's right. He actually gave it a name. Um, Called Lawler Fat and called Jarrett Sissy Boy.
1: Drops Terry and Dory's name to try to get over.
0: Yep, did that again. He did that it like the first week, and then he hadn't did it again until this week. Um, And then um, says that he's going to start hurting people really bad and make them respect him because know he's getting no respect. But I'm like, huh? Haven't you been hurting everybody since you? I mean, he's been just running through everybody, you know? So was, uh, you,
1: you hung Jeff Jarrett.
0: Yeah, I mean.
1: <laughs> you beat Eddie Marlin with a cowbell. Yeah,
0: I mean, come on. I was like, this interview made no sense, you know? I guess I just need to go out there and say something. And I, I think he's one of those guys, even though he's been in the business, you know, Eight years, he still needs some direction on how where to go. Um, Let's see. So I cut to break. Um, I come back from break. Well, Lance and Dave at the desk talking about Bill Dundee's wrestling school. So then he throws it to a video of Randy Hales and Bill Dundee. They're sitting supposedly at Dundee's house, and they start talking about the wrestling school. And I just loved how he's like, me. <laughs> he, he talks about you know he's doing it to give back and all this, but he never mentions that price tag, does he? Not once. <laughs> never. He never said he kept saying, saying something he can do to give back to this to to the sport that he's did so well in all these years and
1: and to make, and to make it easier for people to get their break.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't mention the price, and then. Talks about it and then he says, "You want to go get a look at them? Let's go." So then they go to the gym. This is in Gallatin, Tennessee, by the way. Um, so then they go. Uh, first, they show it. They're in the uh, weight room. he um, talks about this is the hardest part about wrestling is 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 the weight room. You gotta you know you gotta lift weights and all this and that and. Um, uh big Confederate flag hanging up. Did you sound that? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, just <laughs> loud and proud.
0: And, and wherever this it is, so it's is, really... Is this Dundee's gym?
1: Like, they allude like it is?
0: They say it is. I don't think it is. Because I yeah, never heard of him he having the a gym.
1: Ring. I think he's like a rented out part of the gym or something like that. Well, I
0: think it was just a gym uh, that he... I guess it was a, like a regular little gym because it was really small. And I think I
1: was wondering if it was the gym they always go in at Rivergate.
0: No, that's, but, no. Oh yeah,
1: when they when they showed it, I knew it wasn't.
0: Yeah, oh, you're talking about it used to be the old. Um, what was it? Was it Cosmopolitan? And then it changed. It's been like a hundred different names. That place is nice. Oh my gosh, that they, place. They closed it. Oh, did they finally? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but like me and me and Drew Haskins would go work out there and we had had plans on remaking the Fabulous Ones workout video there because that's the gym that was shot at. Yes. And I was going to, be, who, who was running around the track? Was it Stan or Steve? I think it was, I'm trying to remember. I don't, but I, I was going to be that person <clears throat> and wear the Speedos and like the first time I was going to be running I was fine, the second time I would be going a little slower and then like the third time I'm falling out, and then when they come back to me,
0: I'm just laid face down on the track. <laughs> but man, I tell you, back in the '80s, I think it was
1: like that's set. also where the, the, the Dundee and Savage thing happened, huh? That's also where the Dundee and Savage thing happened. Was it? Yep. Okay. At the of that gym.
0: Well, if, if, even if people, I don't know if anybody's listening, that this when you think of a gym, it's not. It was. It was a Big, huge metal building. I'm thinking huge.
1: Yeah, um, it looks like one of those uh, big metal pole barns, kinda.
0: Big. I mean, it looked like a it was like a warehouse actually. It, yeah, it was yeah. humongous. It was so big. It opened. I want to say late '70s. Um. So in the, in late '70s, early '80s was this place's heyday. And you want know to talk about in Nashville it was out at Rivergate, Guntersville out by the mall, a little down from the mall. But anyway, it was nice. I mean, it had the indoor pool, indoor track. Uh, uh, sauna. Sauna. I think they had. Uh, the, the indoor
1: track was weird because it was just like right in the middle of all the workout equipment.
0: Yeah. Um. I think they had racquetball courts at one time. I think that's where they were going to do the wrestling at. Um, back when Saul was going to move out there. I think that was racquetball at one time. I think that was racquetball courts. Um, I mean,
1: they had, it, the, they, had, they had the Iron Dungeon, which was all the old powerlifting stuff and, uh, it, and it, strongman stuff.
0: Man, it, it, for the '80s, this place was top-notch. I mean, it was it was the the Mac Daddy of, of health clubs in Nashville.
1: And I I can't remember if they still had this when we were there. I would have to ask Drew. But they also, at least at one point, used to have beer on tap. So you could get a beer after your workout. And wrestlers love that.
0: Wow. Huh. I just know back then, I mean, this place was so, it was the the Mac Daddy. But, um, so it wasn't that gym. But, so they show the little, I mean, this workout here was tiny where this gym was at. And then it cuts to the video cuts and it shows a ring, and it looks like it's in a basement. So I'm thinking it might be the basement of this gym. He might have rented out the basement because the ceiling's low and the walls are right there on both sides. So it's it's really small. Because if you look at the gym when they're up in the up in the weight room, it's narrow and goes back, and that's what the same thing. Where the the room the rings in looks like it's like a shotgun house. You know, it, it's narrow. It goes. It's narrow and long, uh, so I'm thinking it's probably the basement of the of the the gym upstairs. Uh, he's got two guys in there. He does a horrible hip toss. Dundee stops mid interview, hops to in the ring, and and shows the guy how to do it with the hip toss, and and then the guy does it again, and doesn't. It, it does it a little better, it still don't look that good. And Dundee's like, oh, that's better, that's better. <laughs> So then they cut to them in their front of the gym.
1: I, I like that they talked about how you have to be in the gym, and neither one of those guys looked like they're in the gym.
0: Yeah, yeah, neither of them did. Yeah, they, they look like they went to the gym. The gym part and went right. Went to the gym, went right in it, and went right down to the ring. And never went because none i them had. Don't look like no one's worked out before. But anyway, so they cut back up. They're in front of this gym, and you can't see the, what the name of this gym is because they're zoomed in too close, and they're like, like you insinuate, they're trying to see what it's done to gym, and it's not. Um, and what's funny is it wasn't too much later than that he moved from what I heard, he moved the school to Franklin, Kentucky. Uh, but it's kind of funny because we saw this, and me and Mark Gordy one night, we drove up to Gallatin. Drove around the square and everywhere and looked for this gym. We couldn't find it. So I don't even know if it was in Gallatin. But it had to be because, I mean, they taught, they um, said it was in Gallatin. So I'm I out mean, so sure they wouldn't. But I don't I don't think it was on the square. It wasn't easy to find because we drove all over Gallatin one night looking for it. So, um... But yeah, they, they never mentioned the whole time the price of this. Never.
1: So... um <laughs> if you had to
0: guess, what would you think? Uh, I was told 2,000, 2,500 range. That's all I made for 87. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, i trying to think. The only person at that time... They ever set on TV that trained come out of school schools Todd Morton, so they didn't really, they never really, um, you know, did much with this, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, let's see, where i am at? And did he come out of Dundee School, or because I
1: know USWA had some training and stuff
0: like that? Todd Morton, I the truth, I thought he, I thought he trained with Dale Man actually. I thought so that's what I heard I thought he did. I don't he might have trained with Dundee, I don't know. But I actually thought he he come from Del Man. I don't know. So they go back to Lance. Um, let's see. Back to Lance Building Dundee's out there. Uh, wearing one of his um nineteen seventy seven outfits. Um his plugins yeah, his,
1: his 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 glittery bell bottoms.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And uh he's plugging the school again and out comes Mark Galeen and T.J. Joe Kahn. They had a confrontation uh, what are you going say? Uh so then uh basically tells him the uh, you know I don't know what he said get in the ring or something. TJ Conn was already in the ring. It was just him and Galeen. And Dundee turned his back and Galeen pushed him and he turned around and that's when Joe Khan, he he started choking, he, he was in the ring, he leaned out, didn't he? He leaned out and he pulled him up and then he actually
1: clubbed him and like Dundee did, back, did a backflip in the ring. Yeah, he looked,
0: that looked good. Yeah, he got him um, in the, go
1: ahead. I, I, I do want to say, my favorite part of the, the little promo though is uh, Dundee calling him out on his BS accent.
0: Yeah, that was good. He said, I know my accent, but yeah, he, he, he called him out. That's he good said, though.
1: I think you made up your accent. Yeah. <laughs> And he called him somebody. I know. Uh, I, I didn't get the
0: reference. No, I, I, I didn't. Uh, but yeah, that's good because it adds some more of the cheesy and of the gimmick. You know, he, the, he gets called out on it. You know, so it adds to it. Uh, so he's in the ring and he's just beating on him, and then it looks like he was some kind of like a some kind of nerve hold, but
1: like a trap claw almost, some, but like is a little higher on the back.
0: Yeah, he held that for a while. Beats on him, chokes him. Lance calls for help, and guess who comes out to help? <laughs> Hector. Hector,
1: Guerrero
0: yeah, with Hector comes 8, out. Eight
1: thousand gimmicks on.
0: Yeah, he's got everything on. He's like, "You want me to help him?" And Lance's like, "So you can go help him?" And I was thinking, "Okay," <laughs> but uh, so Hector starts taking his stuff off really slow. <laughs> yeah. Hold this. Hold this. Yeah. So he gets in there, and he actually pulls T.J. Khan off from Dundee, he, and he gets him back in the corner. And then he turns around and goes walks over to Dundee, goes to help him up, and gives him a short arm clothesline. <laughs> and then they all, uh, then they both get to beating on Dundee. Um, they beat him for a little bit, and then the baby faces make the save. Did you notice? Okay, the baby made the save. There was no contact. This is the babyface that made the save. Billy Travis, John Paul, Sags, and did you see who the other, the last guy was? Eddie Crawford. Snowman. Yep. Is that,
1: that who Eddie Crawford is?
0: Yeah, that's the Snowman. Yep, the one that stole Lawler's belt. <laughs> uh. Okay. Yeah, I was I was shocked because I was like, because he's worked there before under a hood. I've never seen there work you know without the hood. So like Hager comes over to Lance for an interview, <laughs> he's holding a rubber chicken with a noose around it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was the the uh, chicken skin. Uh, I guess that adds to the chicken skin reference.
1: Yeah, and he's got a he's got a ball cap, and he's he's trying to dress like a redneck. Did that say? Did, I, I look. It, it had the Mexican flag on it. Okay.
0: It said some. It said Mexico, but it said something else on it. And I oh, I don't
1: know. I just saw Mexico.
0: He could barely see. There was something else on it. I don't know if it. It looked, It might not have been right. It might have been a design or something. But there was something else on that. That it was like I said. It was the flag. And it makes it looked like. A, I don't know if it was a little. It might have been a little design. But I just could. It's hard to tell on this quality of it. But um. Uh, uh, yeah, he just talks about that, and then um. Uh, did he, like, slam the rubber chicken on the ground or something? I can't remember what he did.
1: Uh, he, he just acted a fool. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it I didn't get much from that.
1: <laughs> I think this promo was just long enough for them to get Bill out and get Hector's opponent in.
0: Yeah. I think was, man, that's probably what it was, yeah, to get him out of there. Um, So we got the fourth match of the day. It's Hector Guerrero against your favorite <laughs>
1: Ken, unfortunate last name, ripier
0: <laughs> He's French. Um, yeah,
1: Ken, Ken Raper.
0: And we get no graphic. Because, uh, of course, Hector, when you. Can't
1: did... put that on TV.
0: <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Hector jumps him, beats on him, um, does a nice suplex.
1: Yeah, and he does a. Uh... Like a cravat yes, that's what exactly
0: what I put on here. I said, I said, he did what looked like a cravat throw. Yeah, cause
1: that's actually far, exactly what I have on here is cravat throw. I liked it, I thought it
0: was neat. I for 87, you know, how uh,
1: because he didn't have it hooked like for a normal snapmare. he had it. Yeah, cravat that's
0: why I rewind like three times because it's like. Did he snapped, Mary. I was like, "No, his hands looked weird." I rewinded, I said, "It,
1: it did look like he, at first. It did look like he snapped, Mary." I was like, "I ain't going down. Screw
0: him." And then <laughs> now I kept, look, and I, I said, "I ran a I said, "He's got him a cravat. He just did a cravat throw." I said, "That's like for eighty-seven. That's just, that's you know how far ahead of times that
1: is." Well, I mean, for the U.S., yeah, but yeah, I just Hector thought, wrestled, had Hector wrestled in Britain.
0: That I don't know, but the thing is, though, yeah. For, for I'm just saying, for the United States, that's way ahead of time. And oh, for yeah. Memphis,
1: well, you know, Robinson. I, I could go wrestling Memphis right now, and I'll probably put on a cravat. So,
0: um, well, you know, I think about. it. I bet Billy Robinson his run there. I bet he did a cravat. What do you think?
1: I mean, maybe, uh, you know, he didn't, in Memphis, he didn't do a lot of crazy holes.
0: No, he didn't, but I just think... It's
1: because he didn't have the people to work with.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, it's not like, was it Florida where he wrestled with Tony Charles all the time?
0: Yeah, I think it was, yeah.
1: Yeah, so he didn't have the Tony Charles. Well, Tony Charles come through Memphis?
0: Yeah, but I think he was there in 79, I think. I think he was before, I think he got there and left before, um... Uh, I think he left before. Uh, Robinson Duncan, came in. Yeah, I think I want to say. I, that's what I want to say. Um, but yeah, but but yeah, like I said that, that ahead of time. That was really that was just way ahead of ahead of you know. I was I was I was I was marking out for it.
1: Yeah, no, I thought huge. And, then, and I, even the finish, the the German soup pipes the bridge, it was <laughs> ugly.
0: Yeah, because the dude rolled to the side.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no. Ray, uh, Ken Rapier, uh, he was not He was not keen on taking that German suplex bump. Yeah.
0: Because
1: he probably didn't know how.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. He probably never took it before.
1: Who was it that, uh, it, was, it was this season, obviously, that we're watching, that was just murdering people with a German for a while? Was that Pat Tanaka? It was Pat Tanaka. Yeah, he was just murdering
0: people. Yeah, he was hitting people with it and bridging, yeah. Uh so he hits
1: it with the it was like dropping them on their head. Yeah, he was
0: yeah, he was just yeah, he was dumping people on their heads. So he hits the suplex and goes in uh with the bridge for the win. The cut to break, we go to Lance with the last uh Evansville uh December twenty third um card. Uh talks about the uh, dollar dollar per pound battle roll, uh Jeff Jarrett versus Manny Fernandez, Bill Dundee versus T. Joe Kahn. Bill Dundee comes in with a match plug. And uh, uh, match, up with, match with uh, T.J. Khan and refers to David Goliath in the Bible about uh, David beating Goliath, the little man beating the big man. Which, yeah, that's
1: so original for a little man, big man match. Yeah, like, and, I've and, never and,
0: heard that before. And T.J. Khan ain't that much taller than Dundee. T.J. Yeah, Khan's I'm like six foot. Oh, and they even say that they're like six
1: foot, 265 pounds. Uh, I'm like, that's not that tall, bro. Give it, him a couple
0: inches. I'm like. I'm it's like,
1: pro-wrestling. There's like a two-inch rule.
0: Yeah, I know. And I was like, I don't think I'd be using the David Goliath because that's like, you know, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's height difference but not like that. And then he calls, <laughs> I'll let you take this.
1: Then, uh, he calls T. Joe Con a Chinaman. <laughs> um, now there's two things wrong with this. One, obviously that's extremely offensive and, and could not be said on TV today. Yeah. two, Kisho Khan is obviously just a friggin' regular white guy.
0: The thing is <laughs> he he's supposed to be from what, Outer Mongolia or something? Yeah. So that's not Chinese.
1: No, I mean, but you know, Asian,
0: but Yeah, he's just an Asian. Yeah. <laughs> but it's wrestling in Memphis, like everybody <laughs> I don't know. Ew.
1: he doesn't even have the, the complexion I know. of Mongolian. <laughs> like He's they, what they, they didn't even have like they didn't even go Yoshi Kwan on him and make eyeliner to make his eyes look slanted. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they didn't even try and then they're like from Mongolia. It's like, yeah. oh come on. Yeah. But I mean at the same time, Mongolian Stomper was just a dude.
0: Yeah, but he—he he looked much more goalie than T.J. Khan. I give it that much. At
1: least he had a tan. Yeah, <laughs> it's a,
0: it's some color to him. All right, so they cut. Uh, they come back to the studio. Let's sit the desk and you go. To the fifth fifth match of the day. We got the Midnight Rockers versus Billy Travis and John Paul, and Mark Gallin is with the Rockers. Um.
1: Yeah, and no graphics like, so I did, still don't
0: know how to spell Gouleen. Yeah, I've been I know I've been spelling it wrong. Well I spell everything wrong, but anyway. Um so John Paul and Marty Jetty start. Um man, Marty did a couple neat things. John Paul did they did the tackle spot. And I love this.
1: Oh yeah, no, I know exactly where you're going. Um it's already stolen. it's in my notebook. <laughs> I figured it was as soon as I saw that.
0: Oh, I, I bro, said yeah. JP's gonna love that right there. Yep. Uh so the normal, normal spots obviously tackle, pause, and show off for a minute, hit
1: the rope, drop down, right? Yeah. Tackle, John Paul pauses. Oh, that's your fault, drop toe holes.
0: Yeah. Instead of right when he went went to hit the rope, boom, Marty Heats with the drop toe. That was beautiful, man. I love that. And mm-hmm. uh I you know, I haven't never seen that before. Have you? No, never, because it
1: literally he he took one step like he hadn't hit the ropes yet. Yeah, so but, I've seen it like that. I've seen hit the ropes, float over into a drop. Yeah,
0: hold. but not just hit them. No. We where you take the bump, you you do the look at, then you go to hit the rope and bam, but Yeah, I've never seen it like that. That was it was so good. Um, then Marty, they uh, a, little, a little further than the match. Marty thinks he's in Mexico for a few seconds.
1: Yeah, that was weird.
0: <laughs> he grabs the wrong arm, starts in the wrong arm. I'm like, huh?
1: <laughs> um, hey, well, what about, uh, you know, hey, John Paul reversed it easily. Yeah. yeah. And got, got back on track, man. Yeah, that was weird.
0: And then, um, he had him, what was it? He did something. I can't remember where it was. John Paul, I didn't write, I wrote down, let's see. I think he had, oh, he had him in an arm bar, and usually, you, you go to break, you grab the ropes, or go through the ropes, you know, sometimes you hit the ropes, he backed him up into the corner, bam, it, you never see that, you know, Right? or was it a headlock, he did hit him in some place, but instead of, you know, going the ropes for the break, he backs him up with the guy, he still had the hold on him, and he backed him into the corner,
1: Break yeah, and they caught him with an elbow.
0: Yeah, that was good. It's all except we you know we're talking about how Marty's just like a dead log out there, but man, he gets in the ring, he goes, man. That was, yeah, everyone always said
1: like in the ring, you know, everyone thought Marty would be the breakout guy, but he just didn't have the personality.
0: Yeah, he didn't just have you know, yeah, he didn't have the charisma. In the but technical wise, he was there, man. That was two things this match that I loved. Like I said, the, the drop toe hug was excellent. And like I said, "You always see him go the ropes to break it, you know." But he backed him in the corner, bam, elbowed it. You know, it was beautiful. I've never seen it like that. Um, really, it was. It was really neat. I like that. Let um, me turn my page here. Uh, Glenn got some outside heat on John Paul. Uh, yeah, he, like smacked
1: him, and John Paul like sat there like his. Getting mad and
0: then before he could do anything he got an elbow between the eyes. Yeah. Uh Travis comes in, bumps the heels. Uh they hit a double D D T on John Paul for the win. So then they cut to break. Come back with we'll Lindsay at the desk. Uh they think to a video with Mark Miller and Hobie Hubbard of the band Sawyer Brown, uh they're talking about the Bruce brothers. Well, that's what they tell us, but then we have to
1: watch like two minutes of their horrible music video for Outgoing Cat. <laughs> oh my This was terrible. Oh
0: come on now! It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I know it's not Don Bass. We can't all have we can't have Don Bass on there singing, but it wasn't that bad, you know.
1: It was, it was pretty bad. The video was.
0: Hey, that video was back in '87. That was that was. That was a hot video, dude. What you talking about? So, they... they Actually, their their official name is the... Is it Blue Denim... What was it? The Blue
1: Denim Blues Brothers.
0: Blue Denim Blues Brothers, yeah.
1: Blue Denim Bruce Brothers.
0: yeah. Um, that just rolls off the top. Yeah. <laughs> so, after the... I uh the two guys talked forever, putting over uh, the Bruise Brothers and they they grew up with them in Florida. So then we get an interview with the Bruce Brothers. They come out and...
1: Oh, real, real quick, I want to say something. Let's do something that I thought was really, really funny. What's that? Uh, they said they're bringing the Bruce Brothers out of Florida and into Memphis because they're true wrestlers and not street brawlers. They're talking about... Skull and eight ball they're talking about the Harris
0: brothers <laughs> being true wrestlers and not street brawlers. hey, this was Wait, a this, hey, this is when they were young white meat baby faces, and when <laughs> they come out, we get the young white meat baby face humble pie interview from both of them
1: <laughs> so my my question is do they already have their Nazi tattoos or no? no.
0: No, they don't have any tattoos on them at all.
1: <laughs> okay, so this is before they started, you know, a little white power action. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, this is, they, like I said, they were humble pie of white meat. Yeah, you'll see them. They wore pink boots with powder blue, baby blue trunks. So, um, yeah. And uh, so they get that interview. It's, like I said, it's, you can tell they, they, they're.
1: Oh, it's weird. They have hair. They're in collared shirts. Got matching earrings. Oh, God, that dangly earring in their left ears. Yeah,
0: they were matching earrings. Uh, So basically it was just a really babyface, green interview. Uh, So they go back, Dave gives today's results. Lance signs off, music video hits, and we're done for this this show. So I brought up something earlier
1: about the... uh the dollar per pound battle oil. Uh-huh. So here, here's the numbers I kept. So obviously, at the very beginning of the show, uh, and I'm going back through my notes up here. Uh, we got the estimate of you know 7950 to 8300 for the for the prize money. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Uh, during the first Evansville rundown, he says 8130. Hmm. Uh, and let me see, and right before the sign-off, he gives an update that the total is eighty two fifty.
0: Well, the sign-off, it was an official by then. It was made official, you know. I, I, guess, I guess it's if he <laughs> didn't say he was a new, and he goes,
1: and remember it, that's for $8,250. I'm like, that's not what you said like 30 minutes ago, but all right.
0: <laughs> oh, me! Hey, we're going to pause this real fast, so... We're going to pause it real fast. We'll be right back. All right, so that's it for this week. Um, so, what did you think about the show?
1: Uh, I mean, it had some high points. I'm really falling in love with the Mark Goulin character. It's so entertaining. Uh, Manny Fernandez, just seemed like he was phoning it in on all parts, talking and his wrestling, even though I was happy to see a flying form. Nasty Boys' match was what it was. I mean, they I, th- I think it's the best use of the Nasty Boys that they've had in a match because there's there no place for them to get lost. But God, that face paint is horrible. The the Rockers are much better as heels. Uh, Jimmy Jack Funk does absolutely nothing for me. Uh, Dundee's wrestling school. I whoever put that together did it in like 35, 35 minutes and that's including filming <laughs> uh, Hector Guerrero was actually too much for me this week I, th- I think he may have jumped the shark like it is, none of his stuff made me laugh this week yeah. uh, like, like you said the Rockers are tremendous in the ring it just seems like they don't want to be there Um, and that, so they must have ran long, and because was no crowd for that Bruce Brothers interview, I didn't know if you noticed
0: that. I think it was, they, I I think they, I don't think they want to put me in front of a live crowd yet. So I just, I guess they want to interview it, because I don't think they've ever worked anywhere before. So I think they were just extremely green, and they, I think they wanted to do a dry run, see how it works, before they bring them out on a live TV put a mic on face and let them freeze up. Yeah. You know. um, overall, I, I, I didn't think it
1: was anything to write home about. Um, but I also don't think it was bad. There was some entertainment value. Um, I'm going to give it just the right in the middle, the one thumbs up.
0: So you're giving it a middle thumbs up or one thumbs up?
1: One, one thumbs up because two thumbs up would be really good so I'm going to give it one.
0: No. Um. Okay. Uh.
1: If we would have had to watch any more of uh, outgoing cat, uh, <laughs> it would have been a thumbs down, and I might have broke my laptop.
0: <laughs> oh me! Well, you,
1: uh, Tara. Now,
0: from here on out, Sawyer Brown makes a lot of um, off and on appearances, and their music is used in some of their, the videos they make for the
1: wrestlers here on out, so... <laughs> well, I don't care because we only have one more episode. And I
0: <laughs> um, I don't know what to give this. Maybe a... not a full thumbs up, maybe a three-fourths of the way up, maybe. Um, it hurt that we didn't see the show before, but we got the rundown, but still. Uh, yeah, Manny phoned it in Um, I did like, we didn't get the show interrupted again at the very beginning by Hector. I'm glad they didn't do that again. Um, that was getting old. So that was a good thing. Uh, excuse me. Good grief. Whew. That Mountain Dew's kicking me right now. Um, uh, like I said, I like the way the Nasty Boys was used. Uh, Shawn Michaels tells it's going to be an excellent heel. Uh, Marty Janetti just sits there. It's really weird. Um, you know, that Michaels is just all over the place, being a heel, trying to get that heat, and Marty just is just there. I mean, it's crazy. Um, uh, no Steve Kearns. So I guess that angle's done. I guess he's done Memphis. Um, uh, Really, not much. I mean, even the the Manny and Jeff thing really didn't have nothing to it. They just talked. I mean, nothing really spicy on here, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, that's why I think they should have let the Nasty Boys and the Rockers brawl a little bit, you know? Because it, it was nothing. It wasn't. It, we had what four matches. Um, not much to them. Really, not he. It's really wasn't angle driven. Really, it just kind of was there. You know. Um, they've toned Hector down, and when he, he's when he's he, I don't know. It's kind of weird because he's funny, but this episode he wasn't funny, and somebody toned it down, and it I don't know it, it didn't it just it didn't wasn't good. The chicken did. I mean. I know he did the chicken skin thing, but it just, I don't know. I didn't yeah, get nothing he, he out of it.
1: He doesn't need to have so many gimmicks. Like, when when it all related to him being Mexican, that was cool. You know, the sombrero and the boleros or the sombrero and the serape and the noisemaker. Like, that's all cool. But, like, then he had the, the, the hanging chicken and the, the baseball cap. It's like, how many things are you going to give him? Yeah.
0: Yeah, cause when he came out there on that safe part, he didn't have that ball cap on, did he?
1: Yeah, it was under his sombrero.
0: Under his okay, cause I thought he had. He, sombrero he took
1: on. off the sombrero. He had a ball cap on. He took off
0: the ball cap. Okay, so I and I saw the sombrero, but I, I thought when he went to the table, then he put the cap on. But yeah, it just oh, he did, he did put it back on because they put oh yeah yeah I know table. but I yeah okay. But he, but so he had it on underneath the thing when he first took some, okay, wow. I don't know, yeah, I just didn't, I don't know. Um, he's trying to be funny with too many, all the gimmicks, and it, it's, not, it, today wasn't good. It just didn't.
1: It, it jumped the shark. I
0: don't know what that means, but. <laughs>
1: it, it, it's a phrase in entertainment when something has reached its peak in like comedy or anything and then it just goes down the hill from here. Uh, it was started on Happy Days when Fonzie legitimately jumped a shark. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and then after that, the series went to crap. Well, yeah, because like, they... they Jumped talk. a shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause what are you
0: going to do after you jump a shark?
1: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. like, I, I think his... Because he was gold. He was our favorite part of the show. I know. So but I think it the
0: the act has jumped the shark. Yeah, you know what that means, don't you?
1: What's that?
0: Time to turn babyface.
1: That's a man. He can do it.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, so I just it, this to me, the show was just there. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just. There. I,
1: I didn't hate watching it. I'll say that. Oh That's yeah, no. It, one, one thumbs up. Some of these shows, you know, I've been watching, and I'm like. I'm going to punch Quentin in the face next time I see him. <laughs> um, but like this one, I was like, I, I enjoyed watching it. There was parts that made me laugh. Like none of the wrestling was so terrible that I wanted to vomit and burn my boots. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of there.
0: Yeah. It, there was nothing bad. And it, it, yeah, it wasn't one of those, you know, just want to claw your eyes out. Some of those episodes we watched during the summertime. Um, it was just there like I said this time period right around Christmas they don't really book really heavy angle driven uh basically they whatever you know they they do a big Christmas show usually whatever town they're you know uh if it's falls on like a a spot show night they'll usually run one of their uh, usually one of the big towns uh that week anyway usually Memphis will get it uh unless it falls on you know but as far as on, during the spot show night, uh, usually Memphis got the Christmas show, but if it fell on your town not you know, the house show night, it whatever town that would get the Christmas show. So they really didn't book nothing. Like I said, they would usually just kind of ride the year out and then usually first of year, they that's when they'd start getting their angles back because their houses were always down during Christmas, except for the Christmas night show. So, uh, so I knew it wasn't going to be a lot of angles you know, angle-driven, but um, storyline-driven. But it, it was, like I said, it, it, it didn't offend me. It didn't make me want to, you know, like I said, claw my eyes out like those spin-the-wheels and all that garbage we had to sit through. So it's almost a, th- I guess it's a thumbs-up then because I'm more thing about it. It wasn't, wasn't really bad, wasn't a lot of good, but it was, you know, I guess I gave it a thumbs-up, Well, one thumbs-up then. The more I think about it, because there really wasn't nothing bad on it. It just, they just put on a show just to, you know, because like I said, it's Christmas time. But um, uh I'm trying to think if there was somebody we're missing. Hmm. It seemed like every week I always forget about there was somebody that wasn't on the show or something, and we forget about them. I think it's, because I think I ran... Cause Lawler, I said Lawler never works unless it's Christmas night. So but um uh, It's okay show. Next week, um last show of the year for eighty seven. It's a studio show. Um thank goodness and we're we'll gonna start our new thing. Uh first of the year. Can't wait. <laughs> really looking forward to it. Got a list. I got me a list. Um I need to start narrowing it down. Um, so when we start it up, so will be ready to go. But um, next week's show, it'll be interesting to see um, what they do, because that one will be actually taped. on What day would that have been taped? So going to be taped up right before Christmas. Well, we'll see next week. So it'll be interesting to see who's all there the actual week of Christmas, who actually, you know, uh, is actually gonna is gonna be there working. Um, I guess that's about it. You got anything else to add?
1: Uh, I think I'm all tapped
0: out. Oh, I I, figured, I was, you may I, I said the Bruce brothers they wore pink boots and baby blue trunks. You know who got paired one of the who uh, years later got one of their uh, one of them's boots. Their pink boots. Who's that? Barney Brown. Uh, he got. They were at a. Did he
1: pay for them or.
0: Yeah, steal them. They do what?
1: Did he pay for them or steal them?
0: Uh, no, they were at a shoe repair shop. I want to say Knowles Road. Uh, one of them put them. Uh, I left them. got work done on them and never went back and picked them up and paid for them. And from what I heard, they they were there for a long time. And, um, I want to say maybe Tony told him. Tony Falk told him. Somebody told him they were there. And he went and got them. And, and then, uh, I don't know if he dyed them black or painted them black. But, but yeah, he had he had one of their guys' pink boots. So should have sure left them pink. That's heat, you know? <laughs> Especially with the Barney gimmick, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, um, um, but yeah, he had it. badge when I pulled that, I just, if I don't tell you now, I'll forget it, but yeah, because they were, I mean, you they were baby faced and compared to, and to compare what they become, it's like, wow, you know? But, everybody evolves in the business. Look at Kevin Sullivan, you know? But, Alright, enough rambling. Like I said, if I sit on here I'll ramble all night, and you gotta you gotta you gotta get on out of here. Alright folks. We're done with this episode. Stick a fork in it. She's done. For Jeremiah Plunkett, quick cruiser Hey that's me. Thanks for listening and God bless.
1: Merry Christmas and goodbye, everybody.